Hilchah Shabbos, Perak Tes, Lecha Aleph. If someone who bakes food the uh, size of a dried fig, Chayav Echad, if it's a pass, whether you bake bread, or a vash, or a mechel, or you cook a food, and that means you cook in water, baking is dry cooking, uh, uh, or baking, and cooking is with, in, in water, so you cook food, you cook uh, spices, or a you heat water, it's all one content, it's all bishel. The amount of water a person has to heat to be is the amount to wash the small a small limb, which also was explained to me in the small baby toe uh, of a child. The, the shear, the amount of water for cooking spices, they should be fit enough spices to do with them whatever it is that you're cooking. Uh, so if you, if you want to use the spices to spice a pot of cholent, has to be enough spices to spice that particular pot. Base. A person puts an egg next to a hot pot that is no longer on the fire in order that the egg should become somewhat cooked. This goggling becomes cooked even though the pot's no longer on the fire. Because cooking with using a derivative of fire, in this case the pot that was heated by fire in the first place, it's like you use fire itself. for both. If someone washes a, a, a salted fish that has been used, uh, been preserved with salt, and you wash it in hot water, in order to prepare it for eating purposes, this is a uh, type of fish called sole, uh, which is uh, not salted necessarily, but it's very, very fragile and delicate, and a little bit of hot water is all it takes to make it edible. It's a very thin, soft fish. You are because washing in hot water, that is the, what completes the cooking process for this type of fish. So even though it may not be chemically cooked completely, but since it's so soft, a little bit of hot water makes it edible, and therefore it is considered cooked. Similarly, in all the situations, anytime you use hot water to make something edible, uh, it is considered bishul. Someone who breaks open an egg over a warm cloth, or with sand, or with or with dust, drachim of the path, shehin dechamim shemesh. There was all these things. We're giving examples that were heated by sitting outside in the hot sun. roasts putter. You are putter. Because things that are derivatives of the sun, in other words, they were heated by the sun, like the hot ground or the hot shmata sitting outside in the sun, are not like derivatives of fire. However, that's minatayra. Uh, Bacham decreed not to use them because they, because they are similar to derivatives of fire. So a piece of tin foil heated by the sun is forbidden to crack an egg over it because you may use a piece of metal that heated by fire, which which is which is chayiv. Someone who cooks in the hot Tiberius Springs or any other hot spring, putter is putter. Again, but but it's forbidden to midarbon. If someone cooks on a fire, something which is already cooked, he just makes it more well done. Or something which does not require cooking, like an apple, which is edible raw, but you cook it. Potter, you potter because it's already edible before you cooked it, and therefore it's not considered a significant change. If one person brings a fire, like he takes a match, he puts a match on the ground. Someone else brings fuel or wood for the fire. Someone else puts a pot on top of the fuel, on the burning fire. Someone else puts water in the pot. Um, so the pot, so so uh, so the pot um, was had had other food in it already. It wasn't just an empty pot. 
Alternatively, you could say even it was an empty pot, but it was brand new, a clay pot that had never been used before. So putting it on the fire, uh, so to speak, hardens it and cooks the clay. Another person puts meat in the pot. Someone else puts spices in. Someone else came and stirred the whole thing while it's cooking. They're all chayiv because of the malach of bishul. Whoever does anything to further the process of cooking, cooking. And the very first person who put the fire down, he's the chayiv because he knew that they would be using it for cooking. The scenario over here, the chayr, is where the person puts the fire uh, under the, puts the fire simultaneously while the other person puts the pot on top of it. And, the other, and, everyone, and everyone does what they do basically at one time. That's why the other first person's chayr for cooking. Otherwise, the first person really didn't, didn't really cook. You just put down a, a lit match. Uh, what if, however, a person pr- pr- first puts a pot on the stove? Someone else can put water in the pot. Someone else can put meat in the pot. Someone else came along and lit a fire onto the pot. Someone else came and put wood on the fire. Someone else came and stirred. It's only the last two because of Bishel, the person who stirred the food on the pot while it's on the fire, and the person who put fire under the food, actually, the person who put wood and fuel in the fire to cook the food in the first place. Uh, the person who actually put the fire under the, uh, just to, let's say, put the match under the stove when the, and before someone else came along and added fuel to that fire to make it grow, that person, the match he put would not be high for Bishel because that match would burn out very quickly. Uh, it wouldn't do any, anything to con- contribute to the Bishel process. Although he may be high for a different malacha, but as far as cooking goes, the person who added fuel to that fire to increase it to the point that it's large enough to actually cause some cooking to happen He's chayav for Bishel, as well as the person who stirred the pot, stirred the food. Hey, someone puts meat on top of coals, a barbecue. If he cooked the amount of the size of a dried fig, even if it's in two or three places split up, but collectively it's the size of a gregoris, if he did not cook the size of a dried fig, it's only less than that. However, the entire piece of meat became half-cooked, uh, so medium rare, I guess you may call it chayiv. He, it's barely edible, but it's edible. Chayiv. If only one side became half cooked, unless you flip over the food and then you cook it halfway on both sides, then you chayiv. So even though no part of the steak is completely cooked, uh, but the entire thing is half cooked, so you chayiv. Now, a person forgot at Shabbos and he stuck a, a clump of a clump of dough. To the side of the oven, as it was done back then, you put the dough in the oven. There was no rack or tray. You stuck it to the side of the oven, to the wall, and that's where it stuck and it cooked that way. And you forgot a Shabbos, you stuck it there. Uh, now, you're horrified and you realize that if you uh, leave, let, let it sit there long enough for it to, 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 to bake, you're going to be chayef for uh, baking on Shabbos. Can you remember Shabbos? You're allowed to take it down before it actually uh, becomes fully baked. In which case, you'll come to do an action malacha. So therefore, you can take it down. And this is unique because generally speaking, you're not allowed to remove bread from an oven on Shabbos. Not a contemporary oven. This is the oven that I was back then. Because the idea of removing it from the side of the oven as it was stuck there required a certain, a certain, uh, certain, certain sense of expertise. It wasn't mamash malacha, but it's considered something which is uh, uh, a crafty uh, activity. And therefore, it's not appropriate to be done on Shabbos. Um, it resembles a malacha. It's too similar, too similar to the concept of a constructive 
malacha, professional malacha, and therefore it's not allowed to be done, generally speaking. Uh, even if it was done, in a, even if the person put the bread there before Shabbos, you're not supposed to take to remove it in that, in that sense on Shabbos. Now, in this case, where you put it there on Shabbos, even if it was an accident and it ends up get, getting baked, you're not going to be chayav misa, but since you don't want to do malacha, you're allowed to remove it. Now, if the person put it there on Shabbos on purpose, presumably the Ram holds it certainly is allowed to uh, remove it. Someone who melts any one of the metals to any amount. Someone who heats the metal to the point that it glows like hot coal. becomes red hot. That's a derivative of cooking. Someone who melts wax or fat. Or tar or or pitch. Um, or, uh, or another kind of tar. That's considered a derivative of cooking. is higher for cooking because he melts these substances. Someone who cooks earthenware keli to the point that it becomes, instead of being clay, it becomes earthenware. In which case it becomes uh, hard. She put a uh, um, clay into a kiln. It's because of cooking. As we said earlier in the case with the person who put the pot on the fire, he's, he, and if there's no water and no meat in it, he's high for cooking. Uh, either you could say in that in, in that halacha in um, halacha vav that the pot had other foods in it, or perhaps it was a brand new pot and putting it on the fire. You the, for the first time you harden it and you chayav because of cooking. Kol um, is the principle of the matter. Whether you soften the hard substance through fire or you harden the soft substance, you chayav for cooking. Zayin. Someone who shears wool or hair. Whether it's from a domesticated animal, or undomesticated animal, if it's alive, if the animal's dead. Even if it's from the part of the skin where the hair which grows, shalach is skin, but it's the part of the skin where the hair that grows there is not very useful. How much is, uh, this is the Ramam's principle of malacha, if you do the malach, even though you don't need the result, you chayiv. So over here, even though you don't need the hair, but since you did the malach anyways, you chayiv. What's the amount you have to uh, shear from the animal to be chayiv? In order, you, you shear off enough wool or enough hair from the animal that you're able to spin from it um, a thread that's twice the length of a, a seat. What is a seat? How much is the width of a seat? The amount of, of space that measures from your th- tip, of, tip of your thumb to the tip of your index finger. When you open your hand as wide as you possibly can. This is basically two thirds of a zeres. The zeres is the distance from your thumb to the tip of your pinky finger when you open your hand as wide as you can. Two thirds of that is the distance from your thumb, tip of your thumb to your index finger, index finger tip. If someone who removes a bird or pulls off the wing of a bird, that's a derivative of, of shearing. If someone who uh, uh, shears or spins, excuse me, spins the wool, they're off the uh, a live sheep directly from the animal into the weaving loom, uh, or to the, the it spins it into thread directly from the animal putter. You are putter. That's not not normal normal way of spinning uh, wool. Normally, you spinning you spin you shear the wool off the sheep, and then you spin it into thread. 
not the normal way of 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 of, of combing the the wool or nipotukodram probably means not combing but beating the wool so it softens it. not not the normal way of spinning. So it's not not the normal way to shear or to or to uh, or to comb or to spin it. So now, this is very interesting because even though in the Mishkan they actually did shear the shear the animals that way because it made the wool uh, better quality, since it's not considered a normal way of doing it for us. You're not chayiv if you do it in that fashion. Someone who uh, cuts the hair of, or cuts his nails, or his hair, or his um, mustache, or his beard. That's a tulda derivative of shearing the chayiv and chayiv. Who provides you to You use a special clear like a scissors. If you use your hand, whether you do it to yourself or to somebody else, put your putter. Someone who cuts off a wart from his body, maybe he does it by hand or with a vet or with a special tool. Potter he's potter. Maybe he does it for himself or someone else. A person is allowed to cut off a wart in the vase of English using by hand. However, not with a uh, utensil on Shabbos. Now, a, per- a wart is considered temporary um, blemish, and a person who has a wart is not allowed to. So if you want to um, uh, remove it on Shabbos, you can do the Avaidah, if you're a Kayin, you can do it by hand, but not with a cleave. Because by hand, there's a rabbinic prohibition, is the Rabbanon, there's a principle in Shavuzum Mikdash, the rabbinic prohibitions don't apply in the Vesem Mikdash, therefore, it can only be done by hand, not with a utensil, which is biblical. In Mahesh Yavesh, if it was dry, so there was no, uh, there was no, no uh, um, body moisture or blood in the, in the ward, then you can remove, remove it even with your special utensil, with like a scissors, because then, if it's dry, then even using a utensil is a is a um, is only midrabbanon. Tess. Someone who cuts his hair with the utensil, like a scissors. How much you have to cut to be chayiv? There's two hairs. If you cut or t- picked uh, a, a white hair from among black hairs, I feel achas chayiv in that case even one yuchayiv because it's considered significant. Person wants to look younger. A nail that has separated from majority, separated from the finger, or strips of strips of skin that have 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 like little little strips or strands of skin by the fingernails that have been been for the majority has been separated from the skin. So it's hanging by a, by by a small amount. In Persian clap in my if they are. Um, they, they, uh, the direction that they peeled is towards is upwards, and again, it's not clear if upwards means towards the fingertips or towards the the, the knuckles. But whichever one it, you want to translate it as, and they're bothering the person. You may remove it with your hand. Not with your utensil. If you not with cleave, you use a utensil putter, your putter, because ultimately it's a majority of it separated. Even before you be separated with the cleave. If they're not bothering him, I feel the that even using your hand is forbidden because it's not bothering you. If the majority of it did not separate, I feel the matarasi. Even if it's bothering him, also not the other. You may not do it with your hands. Not to believe. If you use a vessel, if you use a utensil, you're chayiv. So if uh, it's it's only a minority of the skin uh, tag, so to speak, is separated from the from the person, then it's isidarais to separate it. If you use a cleave, if you use your hand, it's isimidarabanon. If the majority of it is, is, is separated, then using, even using a utensil is isdaraisa. Using your hand is isdarabonon. Uh, using your hand is is, is, um, is also isdarabonon. 
so sorry. If if the if only if if it's if a majority of it is already separated from the body, then even using a utensil is also midarabanon, as was with your hand. But in the event that you're that you're bothered by it, the chum permitted you to do it by hand. Yud be yud. someone who whitens wool, linen, or wool, or uh, um, shani is, is is a wool which is uh, crimson, or it's supposed to be dyed crimson. Uh, or anything else like that. The Ramu now is moving on to the malachas of uh, applied to uh, uh, the the. Um... Sorry, never mind. Again, one more time. Habama said, "Semra yasa tzipishna yasa shani." A person who whitens wool, flax, or crimson wool. Anything else of that nature? Mashadach nesabim things which are normally whitened or cleaned. Chayiv is chayiv. As long as you uh, whiten enough material from which you could spin a thread, which is uh, twice the amount of a sit. A sit is the distance from your thumb to your tip of your finger, your index finger. This is double that. Which is essentially four tvachim. Someone who washes clothing. That's a, that's a derivative of whitening or bleaching. When you squeeze out a garment, to you to remove the water that's in the garment. So you, you whiten the garment. Or you, wet, you wet the garment to wash it. Then you squeeze out the water. That's considered laundry. Because squeezing out the water that takes the dirt with it when it leaves is one of the uh, necessary steps of laundering. Just like stirring the pot is considered a necessary step in cooking. But there's no such thing as squeezing out hair. The same thing applies to leather. For squeezing out either of these two, hair or leather. Someone who is menapids. According to the Rambam, does not mean comb, as it does according to most others. In this case, the Rambam holds it means uh, he beats the the, uh, the 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 fibers or the, or the, or the material, the fabric, to make them more pliable. Chayiv um, yichayiv for the because it's part of the process of making a, a twine or string. V'chama shiru how much you have to do to be chayiv. In order to spin one strand, that's long. That's four tefachim long. When apples have a gidim, but she asks with someone who who beats the uh, uh, sinews of a animal, so they become similar to wool. Because this depends, so you should be able to twine from them, as is used for the tefillin and sefatayda. That's the tool, the derivative of of uh, beating, and yuchay yudal. Someone who makes a dye. It's a tool, the derivative of dying. So the actual dying, dying, excuse me. So um, uh, the actual malacha is to put a material into a colored liquid that causes it to absorb and change color. That's called dying. If you make the dye by putting the collection of herbs into the water, that's a derivative, a tool of, of dying. Case of example, after person who puts uh, gallnut juice into vitriol, which is a way of making uh, ink for tefillin. In which case, the whole becomes black. You put um, isitis, which is a, a plant produced 
producing a deep blue dye, and you put it into uh, saffron water, which is yellow, in which case you make yellow and, 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 uh, and blue make green. So in that case, similar to all situations, you are chayiv for a tulda of tzevea, you're creating dye. How much do you have to do? How many ounces, so to speak? Enough that will help you, you can, that you can dye a thread for hamburgers long. Tezvav. Tezvav. If a person who spins a thread that's four tzvachim long, uh, from anything which you can, any, any material which you spin, whether you spin wool or linen or 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 camel hair or goat's hair, as a gidin or animal sinews, anything similar to that, to that nature. It's just a leavened of someone who makes felt, like a, uh, it's a material from animal fur. That's a tolda, a derivative of spinning. Provided that he makes a uh, felt from fibers that can be used to spin a thread uh, that is uh, of average thickness and four tfachim long. Halakhat Zayn to the end of the round describes the weaving loom, and uh, it's kind of difficult to describe if you don't actually see a picture of it, we'll do, we'll, but we'll do the best over here. Test Zayn. Someone who makes two heddles, two. Uh, um, Sides of the weaving loom, he sets them up. Chayiv is chayiv. Now, someone who makes a sifter, a strainer, a salis svacha, or a basket, or a uh, a hairnet, a sheshalak mita bechavalim, or you weave a, a a bed that sort of they have like a bed frame, then you weave the uh, the the part that supports the mattress by using ropes. You have beds today that are like this as well. I mean, it's a tell us as near that's a tulda of setting up a weaving loom, making the two heddles. Once you uh, make uh, two frames of any of these, you know, two weaves, so you have two going north south and two going east west. Chai uh, I believe that's what it means. You have to have two going each direction, a total of four. Similar to a person makes two frames of any object that is made frame by frame like these type of things, like it's under, over, under, over, you go both directions, so you have like a, a whole bunch of plus signs next to each other, it looks like, and so that's, that's so you high when you do that. So I may have made a mistake, actually. It's possible that just doing two of any direction, the fact you're setting it up that way to make the potential for weaving, even though you, don't do, you didn't do two in both directions, just two in one direction, so you have two, let's say, two strands going north-south, even though you didn't do any east west yet, because you set up those two, that's considered the malach itself, a batanir. Okay, you design. It's the manner of those who weave, or how they do it. That first you stretch out the uh, the uh, strings of the length and width. And two people hold um, from each side. So they hold the edges that the, that the strings are attached from each side, like the the pieces of wood. Um, one person uh, hits the threads with a rod so that kind of makes them, you know, they're, they're very taut. So by hitting them, it just makes them automatically uh, spring into shape. 
the string should be should lie next to each other. to the point that all they come one uh, one direction without the other direction. It's called a warp without a woof. So extending these threads as is the weavers are normally do. That's called mounting the warp. Uh, getting it ready to be woven. So you have weaving requires under over. You have to have north south strings, and east west strings. So when you set up the north south ones, that's called mounting the warp. So the person who uh, uh, makes sure that these strings are taut is the one who is considered the, 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 the warper, so to speak. He's setting up the warp. When you bend it and you bring the northwest strings under the the uh, under and over the south the the, the, the um, sorry the north south strings under, under the east west strings or vice versa so he that's called when you bring the ones that are the one direction you bring the ones that are perpendicular under and over those now you're forming plus signs instead of just a bunch of strings now it's plus signs over and over again that is called weaving someone who mounts the warp the person who does that process of setting up the warp, the, the strings in that way, we said it was described earlier, making sure they're all ready to be woven, even though there's no actual weaving happening yet. The person who beats the threads, until they separate, the attack name, and then he lines them properly, that's a tolda of mounting the warp. It's a derivative. How much do you have to do? boys. Enough to, I mean, you may have enough fabric set up to that you can, uh, uh, that's at two finger breadths wide. It seems that it's regard, regardless of the size of the weaving loom. A person weaves two threads that are two finger breadths wide. So if one person sets it up and someone else weaves two, one person sets it up the amount of two finger breaths. Someone else weaves an amount of two finger breaths. Each one's chayiv independently. Whether whether he began the weaving with the whether he began he weaved the first whether he first he was the first person to weave his garments. He did two finger breaths of weaving. Someone else already weaved part of it, or he weaved a part of himself before Shabbos. He added to it. The amount is two strings. And again, it seems it has to be two finger breaths wide. If he only does one, he only weaves one string, but that one string completes the garment. He's because it's significant. If he weaves two threads at the edge of the garment, the width of three frames, even though it's not two finger breaths wide, but since it's the it's the edge, it makes like a like an edge to the garment. That's considered that's considered uh, significant. What's this comparable to? Someone who weaves a thin belt that's three frames wide, three, three, three uh, frames like uh, holding spaces for the string on the weaving loom. So it's if a small garment, if it's like a thin belt that's three frames wide, it's significant even even if it's not uh, two finger breadths wide. But 
it's a garment for itself. It's a small belt. So here also, the edge of the garment is significant, so even though it's not two, two its body, it's two finger breadths wide, since it's three frames and it makes an edge for the garment, that has significance. You test. Hamadaktik as asachutin, a person who straightens the threads, mafrida and separates them. The Aesariga, while they're weaving, in the weaving process, that's a tilde of weaving itself. So he's chayv also. Someone who braids hair, I'm talking about hair that um, has been separated from the, from the body, right? So it's like, for example, a, a wig. That's a tilde of weaving. So braiding hair is a tilde of weaving. And, and for that, Yechayev, if it's separated from the body, if it's attached to the body, then it's only as a the measure which you hire for is if you braid two finger breaths, you make a braid that's two finger breaths long. If a person is baitseya, which means separates two threads from the garment, he undoes two threads, he's chayef. For somebody who uh, separates the, the what's been woven, he undoes it. It's like untying a knot, kind of. Whether he undoes the the perpendicular from the parallel, as you have for the parallel from the, from the perpendicular from the whether he, he removes the woof from the warp or the warp from the woof. So if you have the, the north south strings, the east west strings, when you undo two of them, whichever direction it is, you chayiv. But who provides? It's not destructive. So like is trying to fix the garment. Like the people do when they normally, when they uh, fix uh, a, a rip in a, in a very light garment. So how do they do it? You first you undo the weave, you undo it, and then you, and then you, uh, then you mend it. And then afterwards, uh, they reweave it, uh, the part that they undid. Until the, part they undid, the two parts they undid, the two, the two garments become one garment. Or the two pairs, they, we, they they unweave them and reweave them to correct them. So this way, when you undo it, um, um, so you're undoing it for the purposes of redoing it. Shemach is constructive. You're chayev. Just being destructive, of course. What he said, we already said is not chayev. is um, a person who undoes a braid again for the purpose of fixing it. of So if weaving, if braiding is the tolda of weaving, un doing a braid is a tolda of Beitseya. And the amount is the same amount of measure to be chayef for Beitseya, as we said earlier, which is two uh, units.